I like to get people to that place where they can really feel what it's like to have a true baseline of health um, in their in their organ systems. Like maybe you don't have depression. Maybe you're always detoxing. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Wake Up, Get Better podcast. My name is Chris Creed. I'm really stoked you're here today. Katie Tomaszewski is who my guest is here today, and I'm going to uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play her interview for you here in a minute. But I really wanted to, to give you some some background on her and tell you a little more. So I came across Katie and I crossed paths because I reached out to a good friend of mine who um, uh, has a, a breathwork school. And I was looking for someone to help uh, uh, run breath, a breathwork session for some entrepreneurs that I was going to take out on a retreat. I've since rescheduled that retreat for the spring, and you'll hear more, hear more about that soon. But I, one of the people that he referred to me was Katie. <clears throat> and I got on the phone with, with Katie, and I, immediately I felt uh, like I was like, well, this is, I, I want to have a deeper conversation with, with her, and I want to share it with people. <laughs> right? So like, I was like, man, this was... I could, I could just like jam about all this kind of stuff and geek out on it for a while. Like, and, and she can too. Like I was really excited to, to hear more about what she was doing. And so that's where this episode came from was our paths crossing in that way. And hopefully we will get to work together in, in that, in that regard as well. Um, and I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on, on the retreat. But, um, I was really like stoked to have this conversation with her specifically around the idea of sobriety. Now, before you guys like go run off, like from, from that phrase, like you don't have to partake in that, but I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to get into this episode and really think about that as an idea, as a concept and as a way to improve yourself. Right. So one of the things that we get into in the episode is that, uh, as people, entrepreneurs and business people and, and people who are, you know, helping people solve problems, right we have to, on some level, be able to uh, stay intuitive, right? And and stay flexible inside. And it's really difficult to do that when you are bowing to a lot of masters. One of them might be alcohol. One of them might be social media. One of them might be anything, you know? Um, So it's really easy to turn to like, like food is one for me for sure. But it's, it's really easy to turn to those things whenever we're having an uncomfortable feeling. Like we have, what we, if we learn to sit with it, we actually can make more intuitively smart decisions in our life. We can have better conversations with people that might lead to um, more opportunities, right? This is what happens when you use sobriety from things as a tool. Um, instead of using it as something that's more of a punishment, which is how I think most people see it. So really, really interesting episode that I'm going to play here for today. But before we get into that, I wanted to uh, tell you guys a story. So so I was having a conversation with, with somebody here the other day, and we were talking about being able to feel things that we weren't able to feel before. And not just like feelings, right? But like being able to like, oh, I can tell that, man, this is not the right place for me. Like my wife and I just went out of town to, to check and see if a, a city, if, if a certain city would be a good one for us to live in. Like we went there with that intention and it was very clear that it wasn't. Now, I don't know that that would have been the case five years ago. I, th- I think it, I think it would have been harder to feel that 
but because we have done a little bit of this work and, and, and we're, you know, we're working on getting better, we could feel that right away. Like that wasn't aligned for us, right? It wasn't in, we weren't in that zone there. Um, and that's not to say that we couldn't, of course, but it's like why fight against that feeling if it's, if it's, if it's coming up that strong. So that's an example though of, of that. Like if you can, if you, if you start to do anything like this with intentionality, like that we're going to talk about here with Katie, you're going to notice those little pings and it's going to be easier for you to feel that because you understand what it feels like in your body. A lot of people, um, myself included in that statement for a long time, I don't know that I, I could feel what was happening <laughs> in my body. Like, I don't know that I, I even took the time to even think about that. But once I did, it became so much easier for me to make decisions. Now, obviously, sometimes I still get up in my head, but whenever I can return back to this like centered state, I can make better choices with my business. I can make better choices with who I partner with. I can make better choices with who I, um, who, who I work with and like what kind of, what kind of client relationships coming out. I can, I can make better choices with that. I can make better choices with how I communicate with people. Right. And that's, that's where this stuff really comes into play as a, as a creative, as an entrepreneur, like you probably are, is if we can practice these things as a practice, then we will get better across the board at pretty much everything else, right? We, everything else will improve. And there's lots of different practices you can do for this. And that's, you know, why I'm bringing some of these people to you is to, to, to shed light on that and give you these, this massive toolbox that can help you be better at what you do. And I think there's a need for that. I need that. And that's one of the reasons selfishly, like I talked about is that I want, <laughs> I want to talk to these people because I need to get better at these things. I want to be more connected to um, to how things are feeling for me so I can make better decisions and all that. And I think this episode is going to be perfect for that. So without further ado, I don't want to get into any more of this. I will let Katie take over. So on the podcast today, we're talking with Katie Tomaszewski. Katie's an integrative health and fitness coach. She's the founder of the virtual wellness studio called Deep Line Health Club. And she'll talk a little bit about that later. But it offers, you know, virtual wellness workshops, individual group coaching, breath work, meditation. I think it's, it might even be live wellness workshops. But you can go check out check all that out at deeplinehealthclub.com. She's also the lead coach and creator of the Drynamics Method. We're going to get into this in the, in the show. I'm really excited for you to hear about it. But one of the things that uh, she talks about in there is um, the taking meaningful breaks from using alcohol. So basically using sobriety as a tool to improve yourself, right? Not as a tool to punish yourself, but as a tool to improve yourself. It's really fascinating. I'm really stoked for you to hear that. Guys, I had super fun with this one. We, had, we got into some great conversation. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Katie Tomaszewski. Oh, and be sure to stick around to the end because Katie gets into a really specific thing that you can try if you're doing Sober October right now. This is I'm releasing this episode in October very specifically for this. If you're interested in trying that, she's going to give you an outline to make that not suck so bad, but also so that you can get some uh, some actual benefits you know, as a, as a business owner from this and she's gonna give you exactly what to do like step by step and uh yeah so now let's talk to katie hey hey welcome guys i'm, I'm really stoked to have katie tomaszewski here today uh talking i'm katie thank you so much for being here this is going to be so much fun i'm really excited you're here hey thanks for having me chris and i am just so proud of the way you said my name that i, I always praise how's it going to come out you nailed it oh man <laughs> you know what i will accept that praise because i did 
I did practice it, to be fair. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm glad that it was right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, awesome. Well, I, I, you know, as we're getting started here, I would just like to hear and, and let, if you can let everybody know kind of like a little more about you and, and what you do. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm an integrative health and fitness coach which all that really means is that I include the whole body when I'm working with people. Um, and I'm especially uh, impassioned about the nervous system. I got my start in, in college studying human nutrition, working with bodies there, but realized um, after college and uh, becoming a Pilates teacher that I was more interested in the wellness holistic space than the clinical space. So I've gone full there. I am a breath worker as well. I work with the language of breath um, and I am a sobriety coach and I created a program called Dynamics and um, where we take folks for different spurts of time, 30 days, 90 days, one year to explore what happens to our nervous system and to our lives when we remove alcohol for whatever time commitment that that folks are engaging with and it is um, talk about a way to change everything by changing one thing without moving towns, without changing jobs or changing relationships. Everything changes when you are used to drinking and you take that away. So we have a lot of fun and, um, yeah, it's a great space to be in. Wow. Uh, so I, you said you said several things in there that that triggered uh, that triggered something in my mind, but I I will come back to dynamics because I want to talk more about that because that's really interesting to me as well. Um, but I I'm interested in in the switch that you made between the clinical and the and the um, more functional medicine stuff. So and you, and you said specifically that you you've gone full there. You know you're in breath work and and all that stuff. And I I, I would imagine that like the you who started that journey, you know, to help people with their health, you probably didn't expect that you would go in that direction. So how did that transition happen? It, it was like a habit forming drug, Chris. Um, <laughs> you know, I started teaching Pilates really out of vanity. I was just holding space for a moment because I, I actually did want to be a dietitian. That was the plan. And um, I had my daughter in my last year's school. And so while me and her dad were figuring things out and um, getting married, all the things, we just, it wasn't the right time to do the internship. And to get the license, you need to do an internship. And it's kind of an intense one. And I might have had to relocate. So I thought, all right, let me just hang out for a moment. We got this baby. Let me um, find something else to do while I figure out grad school. So I started teaching Pilates really out of, um, I, I started taking it and there was a vanity element there. I just wanted my body back after having a baby. But I noticed that I was way less reactive after I uh, taught Pilates. And that was something that I really struggled with, uh, my anger and my reactions. And I just felt generally out of control. Um, so that was really great. I was like, dang, every time I do this class, I feel great for three days. And so the more I, after only about a year of practicing, I decided, let me just go ahead and do the certification and start teaching. And, um, it was amazing. Everything, uh, just going deeper and learning more, learning about fascia, connective tissue, and the relationship of our emotion, emotional body through our physical body in these different spaces, like the vagus nerve and the nervous system in general. And, um, I just kept going deeper and deeper and it really, uh, about, 
six years ago, um, I had to I had to look at the drinking because it was um, so in out of alignment to everything else that I was feeling and doing. It, it sort of would knock me into a space that wasn't where I was trying to be. So that that started me on that path, and then that's where I found Wim Hof method and breath work and started practicing other things. And and all the holistic elements have just really started to become the way that I exist and what I teach. Uh, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in holistic. <laughs> that's awesome. Did, did you feel any, um, were there any voices in your life at that time when you were switching over to this that were questioning or, 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 you know, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm trying to figure out how to say it, but it's like, um, or I, I guess people just being like, well, that, why do you, why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely like the idea of being a Pilates teacher felt like I had a lot of things attached to that and what that meant. And, uh, you know, I was 29 when I started doing that and I felt I'm just too old to do this, <laughs> which is just so funny. Um, and I, I certainly had like, am I, um, like I, I was suspicious of, of holistic things and I was just like, I was a very clinical Western everything kind of person. And so um, I think a lot of conflict for me was sharing about what I was experiencing in a way that felt authentic. And um, you know, I didn't want to be too woo woo. I didn't want to be um, too touchy feely. That wasn't, that wasn't me at that time. I've become more like that, but um, yeah, so I think that was my big conflict, just like the legitimacy of of things that I was experiencing. Are they provable? And would people want to be a part of this? And it was helping me so much and just trying to figure out how to how to share about that and bring people in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's um, it's such a useful thing to talk about because it's, uh, it's so relatable to anybody who has any sort of any sort of idea. I, I feel like it's difficult to. Uh, to share uh, any anything that that is new because there's this element of like, well, what if people don't like it, right? And then there's when you're when you're having these type of things that are that are um, like you said, like maybe some people might consider it woo woo or like whatever. Then they're 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 hesitant to share about. Oh, I'm I'm excited about this. I actually like this. This is something that I'm pursuing, um, and I'm experiencing these changes. But then there are obviously people who are skeptical about that, and that's why I was interested to hear a little bit more about what that journey was like of, of, of learning and to be comfortable sharing those things. Um, because I feel like so many people are hesitant to, you know? Yeah, it's been, it has been a journey to share. It really has. And it's been something that I've had to learn about because I think when I first started experiencing all benefits from different lifestyle modifications, um, I was like the person on the corner with the sign that's like, you know, Jesus saves and the microphone. And I'm just like telling everybody like, did you know your back will stop hurting? (laughs) Did you know you don't have to be mad all the time? Like there's a really easy solution. And so then I was, I was shocked when I was met with so much resistance. That's not what I expected. I expected that people just didn't know. And all I had to do was let them know. And then they'd be like, sign me up. But it was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like, um, interesting the resistance and it, it, to, yeah. to welcoming some of these things that are some of them have costs but many of these practices don't have costs the only risk right. is just practicing a few times to see if it works 
yeah. And yeah, lots of hard no's. <laughs> That's so, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, so you, you mentioned um, the uh, fascia resets and, and things like that. Like, so how did you, so my, my wife and I do these, uh, there's a human garage. I'm sure you are familiar with those people. Have you seen their videos and stuff? Anyway, um, they, uh, we, we do the, the fascia resets every now and then from, there's like a video on there. Um, but like, I'd love to, for you to give me kind of a couple minutes or whatever of like explanation of what that is and why it would be beneficial for people to, to kind of look into those type of things. Yeah, I mean, well, your fascia is your connective tissue. And when I was doing my undergrad, like when we were looking at cadavers, that's that white flesh that you see on your chicken, right? The, the film that in the body at that time, which was only, you know, 15 years ago or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, we were just, that was just eliminated. It was like, move that out of the way so we can look at the body. Well, although fascia research was already happening, it, it was not as, as mainstream and well-known and, and taught as it is now. And so it was through the Pilates world that I started learning about fascia. And it's really amazing because um, like we're so focused on muscles. Like we like to segment our musculature, which is a bit of, a, it's not the best way to look at the body. So when we started segmenting muscles, it's because at that time when, when um, anatomy was was getting um, like documented, the tools they had were butchering tools. And so they segmented the body in ways similar to the way that the ways that they'd segment meat. And they'd say, these muscles work this and these muscles work that. Well, what's really the best way that they should have done this is, is to soak a body in acid and let like layers come apart together. And that's, that's, those are the systems that work more closely together. There really wow. aren't any individual muscles because the fascia affects everything. So even though you're just moving your finger, there's your wrist is moving. And if you got more sensitive, you'd feel it in your bicep and probably your shoulder and potentially all the way down to your abdominals. It's the yeah. reason why you could have the tiniest injury. Like, you know, you've, you, you hurt your toe and everything's screwed up because it's all connected. And so fascia is the thing. It is the, the network that the body speaks to itself, uh, all its pieces and parts. And so, um, the next layer of that that was so interesting to learn about is that it's also part of our emotional body, our nervous system. So if you were going to take a part of your body and say that's your soul, it is your fascia because it takes your nervous system's responses from whatever's happening in the body and puts it into action in the body. So for some of us, that could be scrunching into a ball to hide. It could be jumping for joy. It could be looking quickly. It could be running. It could be freezing. And so, yeah, like, where do we come from? Why do we do what we do? Well, it's the nervous system through the fascia. So a fascia reset, you know, I'm not familiar exactly with what the garage does, the human garage does, but to me, fascia care is things like Pilates, massage, yoga, acupuncture. It's these like lower impact things that can still be incredibly challenging, but we don't off, like there's a lot of muscle building and strength building. And sometimes we don't think about the other side of that, which is um, we don't want to gum up our tissue essentially when we are strength building, which is so important. Um, there is a lot of, uh, of stress and tearing and re and that's how muscles get bigger. And that's wonderful. But 
there, there's the conditioning element to that, and that is the fascia care for me. I see people who can't bend forward more than a few inches, and if they just uh, roll the ball on the sole of their foot for a minute every day, their complete back line of flexibility would change. So there's things like that, and more flexibility, less injury. I could go on and on, but I'll pause there. That's so, <laughs> that's so interesting to me. I mean, yeah, I just like, so, so just, in, in hearing that, it, 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 it makes me think about, um, like just from a nervous system perspective, like I, I feel like, you know, from just from, from my experience of doing these fascia resets where they're just like movements. So like one of them is, um, you, you kind of, uh, you, you twist your arms up and then you twist the core and then like, like there's some like stretching that happens for like putting your tongue in, in your cheek and things like that. Like, so little movements like that, that feel like almost nothing, but like after you do them for a like five minutes where you're doing the intentional breathing and, 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 and stretching that fascia in, in your stomach and, and body. I don't, I don't know exactly what's happening, but something is happening because you feel different afterwards. And it's almost like to me, what the way I, the way I feel about it is that, okay, I, I, before, like I, I come into this movement that I'm doing right now, this movement in my body, the, the fascia thing. And before that, I have all these stories that I've carried with me that have formed who Chris Creed is. And, uh, and, and, and my nervous system is, is impacted by that, right? Everything and ev all my responses, everything. And then I do this one movement and then all of a sudden, even though it felt like just this one-time thing, it, it kind of sparks this new pathway for my nervous system to start to shift. So even if it doesn't happen in the moment, which a lot of times I do feel just different in the moment when I do something like that, even if it's just breathing, that it feels like a long-term impact of that is, is really great, right? Because it starts to rewire the nerves. That, that's how I think about it. Anyway, I'm curious to hear if that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that's really, you know, good on you for sensing this, but in the moment of a fascia release of a stretch, uh, you'll feel it, right? And, and it does feel something. It usually feels positive. In fact, if it doesn't feel good, it's too hard. The, the fascia is sentient and it does not like to be jammed. Like we're like, more is not more. You want to find just enough where it's opening, but it's welcoming to that opening. So you feel that in the moment, that should be a good feeling. But actually once you've engaged the fascia to return to its most natural state, uh, it'll go for hours after. So you could do something at 9 a.m. and then around like noon, one o'clock, you start to feel different. You're like, oh, my shoulders are opening up in a different way. And, um, and there's feedback loops. Like when we feel good, our fascia relaxes. When our fascia relaxes, it helps us feel good. So wow. these work together. Uh, releasing tension in a shoulder is not only going to let that muscle relax, but there's emotional blockages in there and all kinds of stuff that yeah. collects with that. And, um, and it all releases together. It's all one, one body, one, one machine. I should wow. call them machine. <laughs> natural, not machine at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Old, that's old words from, from, a long time ago we don't say that no anymore. i feel you i get it i it's so i i am so just blown away by it. like it honestly i probably i i i think i think like 2012 was the first time i had a an ice bath and i think that might have been the first time where i realized like oh like something like this this is different like and not not just like a 
I don't know. I, I, it immediately was like, oh man, there's, I feel there's something in me that feels different. And I didn't know at the time. And then, but then like maybe a few years down the road, I like had some major like trauma stuff come up and I ended up doing some EMDR therapy and ended up doing like uh, some other stuff in, in there too. But it was like, it, it seems like it started this nervous system shift and that's what I was kind of getting at with the fascia stuff. And now getting into that. And that's why I wanted to, one of the reasons why I wanted to make this, this show is because there's this, there's this sense of, uh, overarching getting better that, uh, that needs to happen. And especially for creatives as, as entrepreneurs, as we're, you know, making stuff and, and, and helping people and adding value to the, the world. Um, if we're if we're fighting against this, this these other programs, it seems like a, a losing battle. Eventually, you will you will run out of, of of fight of that. So, if if there's things that we can do to get better, then we should do those things. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. And and I, now I think it would be a good time to get into the to the dynamics piece because you know we talked about nervous system, and I would love to hear how that work relates to that nervous system shift as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> when I started teaching dynamics, I didn't realize what I was doing with the nervous system. And, um, now I, I call it a body centered approach to sobriety. You know, you, there's a lot of approaches you can willpower, you can hold on tight and see, but not unlike what you were just referencing about, well, sometimes things do eventually run out. And for a lot of people, willpower bearing down and, and just restricting is not going to work for everybody. It does work for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. And so you know, I found in my own sobriety journey that I didn't even really mean to become sober. I didn't even really like that word. I didn't feel addicted. But even though I didn't feel addicted, it was still really, really hard physically not to drink when I wanted to. Like, it was hard. I had physical reactions. I had sweats as I was detoxing and and I felt dysregulated and out of sorts and nervous and worried. And that's all um, without feeling like I, I, I didn't feel powerless. I was making the choice to drink every time. No one ever pushed me. I never felt like I had to. So I really brought the body into the experience because that's what I knew about. And so right from the beginning, I brought in a meditation guide who's amazing. And she's been with me the whole time. And I taught Pilates as part of it and since have brought breath work in because those are all modalities now I understand um, that when practiced, they help you create space. So, you know, just in case people don't know, the nervous system is what makes you feel like it's, it's, it decides how you're experiencing everything around you among other roles. So when we get an environmental stimulus, like let's say uh, our boss makes us angry, um, the reaction might be, I'm going to pick up a bottle of wine on the way home, right? And you decide that, and then the decision is made, and that's happening. But when your nervous system, when you, ha when you have practiced caring for your nervous system in ways that allow you to remain with physical sensations like embarrassment, awkwardness, shame, nervousness, joy, excitement, if you can actually take 
remain with your body for the 90 seconds or two minutes that you're experiencing the physicality of whatever environmental stimulus, um, whatever the environmental stimulus caused you to feel, then you just move on with your day. You just continue. You don't have to react and create a story or do an action like drink. You can remain and stay rational and stay with your commitment. And that's different for everybody. Like if you've got a really reactive nervous system because of your personal experiences and your personality and your body, you might need more support, right? That's not going to click in right away for you. You're going to have to, it's going to, it's going to be really uncomfortable to meditate, really uncomfortable to meditate. A lot of people don't like it. And that's where breath work comes in because it's active. And so then it's like, okay, let's do something that still gets us to that end. And then they can find stillness and after they've done the breath work. And so with repeated um, practice of these nervous system regulating techniques, which you know the ice bath is one that I love as well, um, people start to be able to tolerate more stress. And little things that would make them need a drink become a no big deal. It's still hard. There's still obstacles that they have to face all the time. There's new things, new challenges. But um, the six o'clock glass of wine after work becomes really easy. The I'm at dinner becomes really easy. Maybe a wedding, maybe a wedding you're going to need some reinforcements and, and maybe you're not perfect the first time or two, but you get there because you keep practicing all the time. Courage gets bigger. Uh, courage gets, you get more courage, you get more confidence and you just get more resilient. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. So, so like, okay, let, let me, let me give you an example I think of. So I, I, I recently just kind I, I too have, have struggled with the idea of, of, of saying that I'm a sober person. W- would you say that about yourself? Do you feel like that's no. no. Okay. No, so, but you say that I'm a non-drinker. Okay. Okay. So t- tell me more about that. Why, why wouldn't you say sober person? Um, you know, sober for me has always been a confusing term because I am a holistic person. So mm. I'm like, okay, so what about if you don't drink, but you smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and have 15 coffees? What if you don't drink, but you support yourself with weed or occasionally take a psychedelic or you yeah. are on pharmaceuticals? What? declares what is sober like i i don't even even mindsets like you can be a victim like that is to me not a sober mindset like so for me it's a hard term because it it feels i don't know it feels a little loaded and um, and a little boxed in yeah 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 i i I agree with that because i um like so this this is to to my point i recently have 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 toy with the idea of just like saying, well, I don't, I don't drink. Like I, I'm just, it's not a, I, I have, I, I am like, you know, I used to mix drinks. I used to be like a really like solid, you know, cocktail maker. Um, and I, I enjoyed that and I, uh, enjoyed craft beer and like, and then it just slowly stopped. And now I'm like, well, what, why don't I just, just not anymore. Like why, why would I, because every time that I do, I, I don't feel good. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, and so I, and I want to get better. So is this, is this making me better or is this making me worse? And 
I, I, so I've toyed with that idea, but to, to your point about like the sobriety thing, like if I, if, if I know that, for instance, I have uh, uh, probably, I'm not going to say an addiction to food, but I am, am, am prone to overeating, right? Like that is, so if, if, if I'm going to say I'm a sober person, then that would also mean that I would need to address that problem, which I should, and I am actually, but, um, but like, it could be other things. Like maybe I, like I've, I just had coffee, just like you said. So I, a hundred percent, like there's a, there's a, there's a lot of things and even like dopamine or like dopamine, uh, chasing, <laughs> I am, I'm constantly like, you know, we all are like I mean, our phone phones, shopping. There's so many things to be addicted to that aren't yeah. chemical. Yeah. And Chris, you know, when you're saying about, you know, it, it's a really big challenge to take on the identity of a non-drinker and it's not for any reason other than alcohol's cultural, um, like the marketing, I'm sorry, it's been great since the last hundred years. This wasn't, we weren't such a heavy drinking culture always. It wasn't always like this everywhere. And um, that is a result of essentially brainwashing from big alcohol. And we've been trained to associate certain things with alcohol. And we've also grown up experiencing all the best things in our life while alcohol was there also. We start to think that there's a causation when really it's just a correlation. And so we also don't want to, there's like this protection of alcohol. Like if you say you're a non-drinker, what if that makes a drinker feel uncomfortable? We would never want to do that. We'll be uncomfortable, <laughs> you know, like let me be uncomfortable. That's right. fine. You know, that's what we're sort of trained to do. But um, the easiest habit way to make a habit change, and this is from Atomic Habits. Have you ever I have. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, it is. So he talks about there's three ways to change a habit. Um, goal oriented. That would be like, I want to, you know, count 40 days without alcohol, um, systems and processes or identity. And so the easiest way to change a habit is identity. And so I encourage people that get to the point where they're with me for a year, like, what does it feel like to say I'm a non-drinker? You don't have to say that to anyone, by the way, just in your head. When somebody asks you if you want a drink, you can say, no, thanks. Or you can say, eh, I don't really drink. That's usually what I say. Eh, I don't really drink. I don't want to talk about it all the time, you know, so I don't make it a thing. But that works. Eh, I don't really drink. And people are like, oh, like they're kind of like, who is this mysterious woman? It's just <laughs> hanging out without alcohol and is not even bothered by it. Yeah. I, and they want that. Like you can see that they're like, this is kind of amazing. Like I don't want to be hung over tomorrow. So it's the hardest thing to do is, ident is to adopt the identity, even just internally, but it's the easiest way. It's the most direct way to change a habit because you just go, well, what would a non-drinker do? They wouldn't order a drink. They'd order a mocktail. And with overeating, yeah. it's a similar animal. Like you go to, you go to the fridge where you go to the bar and you can stop for a moment and say, what would I have to feel right now if I didn't have this? What is the mm. feeling that I would have to have? And what am I thinking and believing that this food or this drink is gonna provide for me? And then you can test it. Did it provide that? Do I feel more relaxed or do I feel sad and guilty now? Do I feel more relaxed or did I toss and turn all night because I had two drinks? Whatever you know, your outcome is, just test it. 
what am I thinking and believing and did it happen? And here we come mm. back to the nervous system because it's not even possible to do that unless you have the ability to pause, which takes training. It just yeah. takes that system practice. Yeah. How, how long do you feel like it would take someone to, um, to be in those practices enough to where they, they feel like, Oh, I can, I can, I can stop myself and I can, I can have that conversation. Cause I feel like that's a, maybe a difficult place to get to. I think it is too. Um, it's different for everybody. Like so many things I've certainly had people who have come, they've signed up for dynamics and they've come to breath work three times. And then they're actually just, they, it's like, I didn't know that I could do this. Now I know, and I'm doing it. There's others who need a lot more reinforcement. And it's just, I, we're all starting in different places. And so I think it's a lot to do with your personality and a lot to do with your history. And, um, and you may need to try many different things, right? Like you may also need to get into an ice bath or you yeah. may also need to get that physical, um, like a massage work, you know, depending on your body, I offer some things, but there are a lot of ways to get into the nervous system and start to practice slowing yeah. down and you, what works for you and you practice that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, are you, um, w when you, when people come into dynamics, that's the, it, in your mind, I just want to, I'm just curious in, in your mind, is that the place you're trying to get them to, so where they can, um, settle themselves enough and, and, and find that piece or Absolutely. yeah. So, you know, even though we just had this conversation about identity, that that's not something that we get into in the early days of dynamics. That's when people are really like, I don't like it. I don't like drinking, <laughs> but still they might like some people will come through and they'll be like gold star, never have a sip the entire year. And other people will be with me for the year, but they'll, they'll go two months. And then, well, oh, I was with a friend and I, it didn't even do anything. I don't know why I did it. I'm like still figuring this out, you know? And it's, it is, you're like a detective to your own self figuring this thing out. And so, um, people, what, what we're doing in dynamics is using sobriety as a tool to regulate the nervous system, to bring mm. your awareness into the body, to notice that you have feelings. Cause a lot of times people walk around and they're just like, yeah, I don't care. It's fine. Whatever. No, they're just like a head detached from their body. They're really not sensing this. Well, guess what? If you take away drinking, when you're used to drinking, you're going to feel things. <laughs> so it's kind of like an ice bath in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to cry or whatever needs to come out is gonna. So, um, so we use sobriety as a tool to bring more awareness to self and in the process, more awareness to what you want and give you support to go after what you want and do your life in a different way that supports you feeling the way that you want to feel. Um, and so after their time in dynamics, a lot of people go sober, you know, I've only been doing it for five years, so I don't know for how long or what that means, but they, they decide like, yeah, I'm not into this. Hmm. And then there are other people that they go back to drinking to some degree, but they're living differently. They now have right. an awareness that they've taken with them in other areas of their life. It's not just about trying to get sober. It's, it's more about using this thing to further your life in every way. 
Wow. <clears throat> That's such the an interesting. Say, yeah, I'm not going to drink anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. to my drinkers. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so I, um, I, I recently had an experience where I, uh, so I, one, one of the things uh, I used to do was I would help clients launch live events. And I was at a, I was at an event recently in, in Vegas and uh, it was super fun. Um, but as you know, like Vegas is like, I'm pretty sure that's one of the only things there is to do there is drink. Um, cause I, I've only, I've only ever been there that one time, but I, but I, cause some, somehow I have had avoided it until then. Um, I've and I, <laughs> okay, well, uh, it's listen. like one of those things I'm like, somebody will get married there or have a conference or something. I don't have to make a plan to go there. I know I'll end up there at some point. I got to Katie, I, this is not going to be a popular thing that I'm about to say, but you don't have to go to Vegas. If there's I not, <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. I love all y'all who love it. I know people who, who go there all the time. I don't, I don't get it. I, I'd be cool if I never go back anyway. Um, I but, but yeah, like one time I lost like $40 in 15 minutes and I was just like, I'm not into this. <laughs> what in the world? It's so weird, man. It's so weird. So I, I didn't, and, and like, so I didn't know this. I'm, I'm, we can shut up about Vegas in a second, but I didn't know that that uh, they still allow smoking inside the casinos. Do in they? Vegas. Yes. Wow. It's, it's it's shocking. They don't want people leaving. They do not want people leaving. <laughs> no. Well, they didn't. They didn't want me to stay. I'll tell you that much. Uh, or they wouldn't have had that going on anyway. So there's a lot of things that I was confused about anyway. But but I um you know I. I was there with some, some friends, we were walking around and, uh, you know, I wasn't planning on drinking, but they were like, Hey, let's stop in here and get a drink. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just, you know, they, they bought a drink and then we stopped at another place and, and I bought everybody else a drink there. And, you know, I only had, I think I had like three beers or something, but the next day, cause we were up so late, so I'm not getting sleep. And I, I like, it was like three in the morning, right? I'm not getting sleep. We were just literally just walking around. We walked for like two and a half miles and had a few beers, but I, I'm not getting sleep. And then I have to get up and, and be present in the morning and, and show up for my client and show up for uh, the people in the room. And I'm just like completely tanked just from those drinks. So that was a, a, a kind of a catalyst for, for me thinking, hmm, maybe I'm just not someone who drinks anymore. And I, but I, I love the idea of using it as something to take away. Like I can take this away as a tool to, uh, to make me feel right. To, 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 to see what's going on with there. Like what, what, you know, and even I'm not a heavy drinker, but like, even with that idea of, of like, I'm going to choose to not do this for a certain amount of time. Um, and I do you recommend 90 days or something or like what, what would be the good goal? Well, 90 days is sort of, there's a lot of different information about how long it takes to change a habit. And mm -hmm. I think 90 days is pretty much what, you know, you should by then be able to change a habit supposedly. Right. Um, there's again, a lot of factors in that. So, um, I chose 90 days because when you remove alcohol, uh, your organs go into a deep amount of repair and that takes time. So wow. at first when you remove alcohol, it sucks because you're used to stimulating your happy hormones with a chemical and they flood your system. And so when you take the chemical away, because your body has 
worked to reduce the amount of flooding. It doesn't send off happy chemicals for like mundane things anymore. So you're just gonna feel like bored, low, depressed. It just sucks. And that's like the first um, like good month that, that feels like that. And um, then your brain chemistry starts to reorganize and your gut microbiome starts to be better and your leaky gut starts to heal so you have less inflammation and your liver starts to get back some of its functioning and your kidneys. So all of these organ systems are slowly coming back together. And for a lot of people, it's right at about 12 weeks that you get this thing called the pink cloud. And that is, um, is, is almost like you're like, I don't know, microdosing psilocybin or something. Like everything is just kind of fluffy and happy and you just, you're kind of walking on air. And, it, and that takes you, that people stay on that pink cloud for a little bit. It doesn't last forever. You know, you come back to reality and it's not like you crash back to reality, but I like to get people to that place where they can really feel what it's like to have a true baseline of health um, in their, in their organ systems. Like maybe you don't have depression. Maybe you're always detoxing. Like mm. if you're detoxing a little bit all the time, that feels like depression. That feels like high anxiety. I, in my own case, I, I used to take antidepressants and I was a big drinker then and they don't go together <laughs> at all. And I shouldn't yeah. have been taking those together. Um, but that's that's what was happening and and i hadn't taken them in a long time but then when i took away alcohol i was like damn turns out when i sleep eight hours for months at a time every night i really don't have emotional issues <laughs> i have normal ones but like all that that intensity and confusion was reduced to about five percent of what it was wow that's incredible. Uh, wow. So that was all very, very, very good. I, I, I can't help but think about, I'm just going to ask you because I want to hear, yeah, hear what it. you say. I'm an open book. If, how do you think this would impact somebody who is trying to show up and build a business and uh, create good work and help people uh, with actual problems in the world? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, business and drinking do not go together. That is such a myth, and we're all playing along. But I'm look at the higher ups. Are they drunk at things? I guarantee you, unless maybe you're, I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but <laughs> typically the CEOs that I work with, people that are that are in high leadership positions, they're not we like wasting time in that way because when you drink, it's like I did a survey of over 300 people when I first started doing this just to get some baseline info. And I found that like average drinkers were spending about 30 or 40 hours a week drinking. And that seems like a lot, but it's really easy to get to when you think about 
Saturday at noon, you crack a beer, and then you're going to the end of the night, and maybe a couple nights a week, and then maybe a Sunday fun day in there. And yes, you're doing other things. You're going to your kids' football games, or you're uh, organizing your home, or whatever, but you're not going to do anything beyond that, right? Like, you're not going to really have the space to go after anything that takes a lot of motivation. So... Um, I think it's a huge advantage I've seen for myself professionally to show up at networking things as a sober person because I am around people that are drinking and so I'm already like going to be finishing my stories and my jokes and everything's going to like just go better <laughs> communication wise. Yeah. And they're like excited because they're intoxicated. So it's an easy audience. Um, and it's just like, it's an edge. It's such an edge and no one cares whether or not you're drinking. You don't have to talk about it. You just grab a soda water or whatever. Um, and I think that people in positions of power that might be responsible for promotions um, might notice things like that, that you're a steadfast person and um, that you're not a drinker because you know, let's be honest, when I drank, like there were times I had to call off work or I didn't, I, I had to lie about something because I was too exhausted or I forgot or whatever. It's just more chaotic when I was, when I was drinking. Um, so then you have all this extra time, 30, 40 hours a week. It's not, it's not the worst thing in the world um, to spend five, six hours of your weekend working on your side hustle, working on your business. Um, elevating your business and um you'll you have the time so yeah it's that's kind of why i stopped drinking because i need more time to get after my business and um they created that for sure yeah that's wild i don't think anybody's thinking about that like it's not taking any time i feel like people probably relate to the idea of it taking energy but it's actually taking time away from your life as well i mean people will say always it feels like they have a three-day weekend Every weekend feels like a three-day weekend. You can't believe how long it is. And that comes with the other side of like not knowing what to do yet. And you might be bored at first because you just right. start figuring it out and your brain's still messed up. But like that goes away. And then you just get used to like really the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, something else you that you said really struck me was the idea of like may, maybe you're not depressed. Maybe you're constantly detoxing. Yeah. Like you like it's it's have you ever seen interstellar no but i know of it okay i'm, I'm well, so behind on movies i, I would watch that one i think it's been i think it's been out for a while yeah but um so there's the there's the there's this scene in there where the, the professor's trying to solve this problem of gravity right and he has this huge blackboard with all these equations that stretches from like the entire length of the room and uh uh the the there's uh, another professor there and she is uh kind of helping him try to figure this out so they can get off of earth and, and save humanity and um and she's getting to the problem and she realizes like oh and she says this she says you have been trying to solve this with one arm no with with both arms tied behind your back why and uh in like that's what it feels like to me when when you're talking about like 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 if somebody is is trying to get better at 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 being uh showing up better as, as a human being and the, the way they want to the way they want to interact with the world but this piece of their life they're they're not committing that this is not judgmental i, I get it like whatever and i'm not saying that but i'm saying maybe you should consider it if it's going to make you better so hear me out if if you are 
approaching this from a standpoint of like, well, I'm going to do a little here and a little there and a little here and a little there. You're constantly shoving your body in and out of that detox is what I'm hearing from you. And so maybe you're trying to do this work like with both hands tied behind your back is what it feels like to me. Would you, do you think that's right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, I could, it's, it's not like I, I was a bad, bad drinker looking back now. I'm like, dang, I really drank a lot. Like somebody maybe should have said something. Nobody ever did. Yeah. But now, I mean, I've, I've, I've experimented with it and I, I could have a drink if I wanted. It's not like I have to have six. Sure. Um, but I just don't have time and space and energy for it. Like I have to create space to use the alcohol and know I'm not going to sleep well that night and then recover from it, which for me is about four or five days of increased ruminating thoughts. And as somebody who has a business and I put myself out on social media, I would notice like if I did have alcohol, like I couldn't make a social media post for like almost a week because I would be too nervous about how I looked and stuff. So um, it's like, I, I can't afford that. I, I get really sharp with my daughter. If I've had alcohol, I'm like, what, you know, like that edge, it just comes really quick. And, um, yeah, so I was just like, when am I going to have time for that? Like, I'm not like saying alcohol is the devil and no one should ever drink ever, (laughs) but like, you know, you get to a point where you, you see the benefits, you see what it costs you and you're scientific about it and you look at it and you check it. And I had to test a bunch of times and make sure does alcohol really cause me anxiety or was that just a fluke? And it's, yeah, absolutely. At this at this point, I'm absolutely certain of what alcohol does for me and what the cost is to use it. And it's just not that good of a drug. Like, it's not that cool. Like, I don't have fun. It doesn't do what I want it to do. Like, I want it to do these things. It doesn't do them. The things that I wanted to do are things that were just happening when I was younger because I was 25 and everybody else was 25 and we all were like living in this very open space and that's how we were all engaging. Yes, we were drinking, but we were 25. That's what was happening. And so I have this myth that like, oh, well, you know, if I have a drink, then uh, everything will be really connected. We'll have deep conversations. Uh, I'll I'll be funnier. I'll be prettier. And like, it's just not true. It doesn't, yeah. I, I missed it and it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, I man, the, the thought of like, uh, of thinking if you, and this, this is what comes with, with being intentional about it and thinking it through and you, and you, and having space to have that split second thought, like you're talking about is, is it, I'm, I'm, if I make this decision, what, are, what is that going to mean for the rest of my week? And am I okay with losing five days? Uh, and, and if you think about that from a time perspective and time is our most valuable asset, like how could I possibly say yes to that? Um, and again, I, I'm not trying to, to demonize it either. I'm, I'm saying that like, for me, I feel the same. Absolutely. I, it's like back to the idea of what do we use alcohol for? Like, what would you say, Chris, like you, you use alcohol for, like, what does it do for you? Um, I think, um, it, 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 it makes me feel like I can have more conversations and feel included probably. Okay. Perfect. So alcohol is going to make me have more conversations and feel more included. 
this is probably true, or at least sometimes it's true, right? Like I'm certain that you've had a time where you drank and you didn't feel included and you didn't have great conversations. So, but let's say sometimes it is true. That experience lasts a couple hours, but I wonder if the next morning when you're with your wife and child, if you feel like having more conversations (laughs) or later on in that day, if you feel like you want to be included in some sort of activity or if you'd rather lay on the couch. So it's like we get focused on the micro experience right in front of us, but we aren't equating how this is actually going to be about like a maybe minimum 24 hour experience we should include maybe 48, maybe 72, depending on your body and your life. So, you know, when we're looking for the drug to do something, yes, it, it could work temporarily, but on the other side of that is a huge debt. And it doesn't, again, like you just, when you start, it's not that you're tired in the morning or you're crabby with your kid or something because that's just you. It's like, wait, wait, wait. If I tie this to the detox, hold on. Because when I'm not detoxing, this isn't an issue at all. I get right up and I want to play soccer. Like, we have yeah. fun. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's hard to not look at that. I I think I think that's a great place to 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 wrap up that conversation. I I want to know though. It is um if if someone is is hearing this and they're like, "Wow, I I I want to experience what it's like to uh to move through this and get to that, you know, pink cloud, you know, feeling moment where I can yeah. I can feel the way I want to feel um without this and using this as a tool to uh using using sobriety as a tool to to get more of what, what we wanted to get better. How, how do they do that? How do they work with you in the dynamics? So um, my website is deeplinehealth.com. That's deep, like deep water line, L-I-N-E health.com. And if you do, do slash 2024, you'll see some information about dynamics. Our next group is dynamic January. So you can sign up for that. There's an early bird at the time that we're recording this. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to air, but it's probably still going to be up there. Um, and then you can also work with me one-on-one. So if you're like, I want to get this going right now, I want to start talking with you, At that on that page you can book a call with me. We'll talk. We'll see if it's the right fit for you in the right time, and we'll go from there. But yeah, you start in dynamic January. If that's something that's feeling great, you can come into the 90-day and then the year from there. So yeah, get on, get on board with us in January. It's going to be a great group. We really have fun with it. We really do. It's not sad. It's not stressful. <laughs> It's, it's interesting, right? This is a lab. Like we are experimenting and, and we, we have a good time. Yeah. God, I would put your trust in, in Katie to lead you through that experience over a lot of other, um, uh, routes that you could go. I mean, because like you can tell like that you're, you're going to approach it from a like, Hmm, this is interesting. Let's, let's look at this from, from a scientific perspective as a, as a scientist of ourselves and, and figure out what works best for us and how we work best. Um, yes. so that, that sounds really good. I did want to ask you uh, one more question. I forgot to, to ask, you know, we're coming into October and a lot of people, uh, do like a sober October type of situation is if people wanted to kind of like do a dry run, no pun intended here for, of this yeah. but before they worked with you, or even if even maybe you, maybe they can start working with you now, but like, what, what would you recommend they pay attention to or look at for the next 30 days? 
Absolutely. So just know that willpower tends to last two weeks. So most people get two weeks, right? And then after that, they start dropping off for a lot of different reasons. Here are the, the pitfalls that you got to avoid. Please do not treat this month as a punishment. It is not a punishment. Do not take away food at all. <laughs> do not try to save all the money in the world. In fact, reward yourself liberally. Redirect all of your alcohol money back into your body in the ways that I mentioned for your nervous system. A massage would be a great idea. A personal trainer would be a great idea. Um, if you can stay focused on just the alcohol, you're going to have a much better time. All my people who do dynamics, even though I'm, I really emphasize not to restrict food, um, the ones that do struggle and often drink. So you've got to like know that taking a sober break, you want to build a positive relationship to them so that eventually you just, it's part of your lifestyle. It's not even a big deal. Like you look forward to it. Like, ooh, October's coming. That's the time where I redirect all my alcohol money and take care of my shoulder issue and get a bunch of massages. And all I have to do is just not drink, you know, to get that reward. Or that that's the time that I, you know, don't drink and I save up and I get myself this really nice gift, this new computer or coat or whatever you like. And so, yeah, just, just make it, make it a time of, of reward. There will be challenges within that time, but you can soften it. Um, if you treat yourself really well and you deserve it. That's awesome. Well, guys, if you do try out a sober October, definitely take Katie's advice there, but also, you know, reach out to her and, and, and have a conversation about it. I'm sure she would love to, to talk to you and get you signed up for, uh, the January version. Katie, this was, Awesome. Um, I'm, uh, how, how can people connect with you online besides your website? So I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Katie Tomaszewski. Hopefully that's in the show notes. I'm very active on LinkedIn, a little less active on TikTok. Sadly, I got hacked off Meta in March and I haven't what? been able to recover or start a new account. It's oh so sad. So please, I got to tell you, LinkedIn is the shit. It is that's so nice over there. Like it's, it's not cracky. It's very, especially your listeners are entrepreneurs. Like you will get a yeah. lot of support for your business over there. So if you're hearing yeah. this and you haven't gotten on the LinkedIn chain, get over there. Just, just hang around for a little while. You'll figure it out. It's a little different, <laughs> but you'll figure it out. DM me and I'll give you some, some tips. Um, but that's where I am for now outside of my website. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Chris. I told you that was awesome, right? I thank you so much, Katie. Uh, I just re-listened to that too, so that I could be fresh right here as I'm as I'm uh, ending this episode. But thank you so much, Katie. That was uh, that was a blast. Really enjoyed talking with you, um, guys. Make sure you go connect with Katie. Go to her website, DeeplineHealth.com, and uh, connect with her on LinkedIn. I've actually started uh, being more present on LinkedIn too. But if you just want to pop in the show notes here, you can uh, get. Katie's uh, LinkedIn as well. But yeah, that's it for today, y'all. I love you. Thank you so much for being here. This has been the Wake Up, Get Better podcast. My name is Chris Creed. I'll talk to you soon. Slow down. There's nothing to get you. You can always turn it around.